up and sell policy Got saved a republic, we're not a democracy, alright All over the world, Obama Keeps bringing that liberal drama Fail policy, after fail policy God saved a republic, we're not a democracy, alright What's the founders? What they thinking? Where's our Washingtons, our Thomas Kings, our Jeffersons, the Lincolns? Why you had the red carpet club partying and drinking the USS Liberty instead of these thinking so? Let me tell you what's really going on Hoping change is code for your liberty's gone Yes, we can propaganda for a socialist song You need to realize he's breaking America's bond is playing all along And you need to realize that winning the future Is just a future full of lies He's wearing a disguise, let us drill in the gulf Because behind the sheep growing You know that you're just a wolf, alright All over the world The heart of a coward caught his foreign policy Forgets we are endowed by your creator No apology rules More like a king Wait, we were just some colonies The patriots are marching Creating the greatest following Especially with the president Like Barack Hussein Who's proved he'd rather be Playing a golf game And take care of the lame The sick and heavy laden Instead of helping Libya He just fed on the nation But what can you expect from the FDR clone With no guts you lost our trust You ain't got a backbone Chicago is your home It shouldn't be D.C. We the people speaking up Tell me can you hear we alright All over the world Obama Keeps bringing that Situation Report, PhD, William and Mary, me. Yeah, someone um, asked earlier today, um, well, what kind of doctor are you? And uh, I had to explain the, you know, that I'm not a medical, medical doctor, so that's why I threw that one out there. But anyway, today's date is mm, 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 Tuesday, January 7, 2014, United States of America, planet Earth third planet from the sun. And I am your host, Dr. C. Robert Jones. Let's get the party started. Hey, um, have you been watching the news lately? I know you have. I know everybody's been watching it. Gate, uh, uh, Gates, a uh, former um, uh, cabinet member for uh, Barack Hussein Obama, threw the book at uh, Obama today and took him to task. In a new memoir, former Defense Secretary Robert Gates unleashes harsh judgments about President Obama's leadership and his commitment to the Afghanistan war. Writing that uh, by early 2010, he had concluded the president doesn't believe in his own strategy and doesn't consider the war to be his. For him, it's all about getting out. Well, 
that's just the tip of the iceberg because we're going to see a lot of this coming out over the next couple of years. Some of the folks who um, who, who are leaving uh, the president's cabinet are going to come out and speak harshly about him. And so uh, he also slams Biden um, and uh, reveals that he nearly quit the uh, the cabinet of the post. And, and what do you think about Hillary uh, announcing uh, pretty much that she's going to um, – that she's gonna she's gonna run for president. Uh, you gonna get out and vote for that lady? Also, Britt Hume. I love that guy. I mean, he's very brief. He comes out and he says what he's got to say, and he's done. But Britt Hume came out and blasted Obama. Uh, and, and if you go to Fox, the Fox Nation, you'll see uh, him at the top of the, him at the top of the list. Britt, Britt Hume's awesome takedown of Obama, the jobless benefits push, is an admission of his own failure. Well, uh, I have mixed feelings about that because, you know, President Bush and other presidents uh, wanted to extend jobless benefits well into their second um, or, or push for an extension well into their second uh, their second uh, uh, term. So I don't know. But um, what do you think? Uh, let's take a listen to Brit and see uh, if you haven't heard it. I mean, you can always go to the Fox Nation website, but you can also hear it right here. Check it out. We'll talk PDF about it. is a service that allows you to fill, sign, and send any PDF document or form. PDF Filler makes it easy to upload your PDF or find a form in our library of over 10 million forms. Type anywhere to fill out the form. Add photos. Sign the form using our DigiSign technology. Fax, email, download, or print your form. Keep a record of the filled out form forever. Accessible anywhere from any computer. Every day of the week since 2008, more than 20,000 people fill out over 50,000 forms using PDF filler. Office managers fill out employment forms. Lawyers fill out contracts. Doctors fill out medical reports. Insurance companies fill out claims. Builders fill out permits. Your friends fill out job applications, tax forms, and certificates. Senior political analyst Britt Hume has some thoughts tonight on the political and practical fallout from the fight over the jobless benefits. Good evening, Britt. Hello, Brett. The administration's appeal for a further extension of unemployment benefits may succeed in putting congressional Republicans in a tight spot if they resist. In that sense, it may be a shrewd political move. Yet embedded in it is an extraordinary acknowledgement of failure by the president and his party. We are now four and a half years into an economic recovery that Democrats keep telling us is getting better all the time. Yet the job market remains so weak, the jobless rate so high, that the president considers it an emergency. Indeed, that is the official name of these extended benefits, emergency unemployment compensation. Normally, unemployment payments run out after 26 weeks. But that was extended five years ago to 99 weeks and has been repeatedly extended since. Now, though, it's running out for an estimated 1.3 million people. No one is arguing that these benefits should go on forever, and the White House notes that it is only asking for another three months at a cost of about $6 billion. So, will that be the end of it? Will the emergency at last be over? All Obama advisor Gene Sperling would say today is that three months would provide time to discuss what to do for the rest of the year. Upon taking office, the president and his party set two big goals. One was to revive the economy the other to reform health care. The Obamacare mess tells us where we are on one. The call for further unemployment payments tells us where we are on the other. Brett? Well, the White House denies this, but what about this as a political tool, and what are the prospects of jobless benefits getting through this Congress? Well, if the administration and, and the Democrats are willing to find some offsets, that is cuts in other spending, to cover the cost of these extended unemployment benefits, my guess is it sells through. If they don't, Republicans at least have a talking point to counter the administration's argument that they, once again, typical Republicans are being hard-hearted and not showing sufficient compassion to the, the, the downtrodden and those who are out of work. Uh, I still think the issue has some mileage for the president and his party, particularly if the Republicans resist, but I don't think it overcomes the other issues that, are, that I mentioned earlier. Okay, Brett. Thank you. Brett. All right. So we're back with the C. Robert Jones situation report. What do you think about that? Uh, extending jobless benefits as a... Um, as an indicator of President Obama's failure um, to revive the economy and to get things back on track. I don't know. Um, I try to be fair. 
on this show, um, even to President Barack Hussein Obama, and um, extending jobless benefits. I believe there should be an extension, but a very short-term extension. Very short-term indeed. Um, It is an indication that the economy isn't back to anywhere near where it should be, and we all know that. But to say that extending jobless benefits, well, for those who have been on benefits for the last two, two, three, four years, I don't know. It could be. Could be a, a. I don't know. It's hard to say. But Obama, Obama has pursued his policy aims with with, with a dogged persistence. You know, since taking office, he has made no secret of his central aim of shifting wealth from one group to another. The surprise from many reporters at seeing millions of health insurance policies vaporized and in seeing premiums for those already covered leap astronomically indicates either massive inattention or a facial response to a story that they can no longer ignore. And I'm talking about the media right now. Obama's law turns insurance companies into vehicles for wealth redistribution. Heavily regulated, highly protected public, public utilities with what we all know is a social engineering mission. The fact that Obama is emphasizing this point now suggests he knows just how bad the days ahead will be for his law and his party. By hardening the resolve of the, the third of Americans standing with him on Obamacare, Obama hopes to make good on his promise to have the law go into effect despite massive opposition and survive at least until the end of his term. So, Obama has gone back to his roots as a community organizer. Because just a couple of weeks ago, Obama sent uh, – he dispatched an army of 160 youth leaders from across the country to sell his health law. The president will give the gathering of activists age any, uh, between 18 and 35 their talking points at the White House. Uh, well, he, did, he, he gave the talking points at the White House a couple of weeks ago. So there we go. After years of waiting, NBC host Chris Matthews finally got the chance to interview Barack Hussein Obama, and it was just a serious love fest. Did you love it? Yeah, we all did. It was great. But is it time to end our war on the wealthy? More importantly, is it time to to surrender the 50-year war on poverty? Judson Phillips of the Washington Times wrote today, the war on poverty has been a complete failure. The New York Times is America's state media for liberalism. Their zeal for ideology over the truth is comparable to North Korea's state media. But even the New York Times cannot hide the truth, writes Judson Phillips. In 1964, President Lyndon Johnson launched the Great Society, his, quote, war on poverty, end quote. His first mistake was calling it a war, since Democrats have a flexive desire to ensure that we lose any war we engage in. When Johnson launched the Great Society, he wanted to create a permanent welfare state. His goal was never to eliminate poverty. Democrats are the biggest poverty pimps out there. You know why? Because if you keep folks in poverty, they'll always be looking to you for a handout, i.e. some of my relatives, which I have not kept in poverty. Their own ineptitude and general laziness has done that. But they're always coming over looking for some extra bread. 
But I digress. Poverty enables the Democrats. Prosperity kills them. Unfortunately for most Americans, the Republican Party is an indicated co-conspirator in the Democrats' effort to keep Americans ensnared in poverty. They've helped to keep the Democrats in power. As we hit the 50th anniversary of the Great Society, it is past time to re-examine the program and start eliminating most of it. If the war on poverty were a real war, we would be asking our enemy for the terms of our surrender. What do you think about that? Is he right? Is it time to end the war on poverty, the welfare state, all of that? All these superfluous programs that are bleeding our government, our nation's coffers dry. And what happens when we do? That will force families, single mothers, the variety of, 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 uh, of folks who, who, who can't work or, or simply won't to go out and fend for themselves. Is that the right thing to do? Should we not have a safety net being, well, we were once the richest country in America, the most powerful. We were once both. I'm not so sure that that is uh, true now. But should we not have a safety net for those who can't as opposed to those who won't? It's a good question. Call in numbers 347-884-8500. On June 1st, 2011, the House Subcommittee on Regulatory Affairs, Stimulus Oversight and Government Spending of the House Committee, uh, Committee on Oversight and Government Reform held a hearing on the issue of duplication, overlap, and inefficiency, inefficiencies in the federal welfare program. During the hearing, the chief operating officer of the GAO testified that the government could not identify the number of welfare programs in various government departments. She could not tell the committee what the cost of those programs was, nor could she even tell it if any of the programs worked. That was three years ago, and the government has done nothing since then to try and get a handle on the failure that is welfare. The so-called Obama phones are a classic example of the government welfare waste. Despite repeated accounts of abuse, including people getting not one, but multiple Obama phones, nothing has been done to eliminate the program. The program supposedly exists to give people phones for an, quote, emergency, end quote. Yet these phones give people hundreds of free minutes of talk time, plus a huge number of text messages. LifeLink is one of the Obama phone vendors. The program is so profitable for them that they advertise for new users. They offer 200 and <laughs> 250 minutes a month free plus 1,000 text messages a month. That is four plus hours of talk time per month plus 30 or more text messages a day. Other than a teenager who sends 30 text messages a day, other than a teenager and me. How many of you are familiar with the Obama phone program? And I mean, that's just one of so many. Who wouldn't think that this program would lend itself to abuse? Abuse. The program's not helping the poor. It's another program liberals can throw out to convince supporters to vote for them because of what they can give them, as well as one more financial perk they can reward their crony capitalist buddies with. 
I can't tell you folks how many times I have spoken to, quote, my people, end quote, and heard them say, well, what have the Republicans done for us? What have the Republicans done for our community? And brazenly, what can what will the Republicans do for me? You see, this is how the Democrats have hooked minority groups. They've got the black vote. They've got that sewn up forever. For the most part. Forever. Now they're making inroads into the largest voting bloc coming up in the next few years, the Hispanic vote. So once they lock that up by giving away more, quote, free stuff, end quote, well, they'll have everything. But let's ask the question, what has Johnson's Great Society done for America? What has society, what has Johnson's Great Society done for America? It has institutionalized poverty. It has created ghettos. It has allowed for a permanent government party cl- poverty class. For the left, which wants to destroy life, liberal, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, they have found they don't need a dictatorship. All they need is a welfare state. All they need is to get you hooked, like a drug dealer. How does a drug dealer get 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 it get get his his clientele? Well, he hands out free samples. He hands out free samples all over the community, just to just to give you a little taste, a little sample. And then once you've gotten that taste and that sample, then you're hooked. You've got to come back. This time, you've got to come back with some cash. You've got to come back with money. And then you're hooked. More. Well, in this case, the Democrats have given out samples like Obama phones and welfare and those link cards. You're giving that stuff out to get you hooked on the Democrat Party. And then you'll just keep coming back for more and more. And more, and more, and more, and more, and more so-called free stuff. But it isn't free. It's not free. Either the great society was designed to end poverty, or it was designed to create a permanent base of Democrat voters. It has failed in one objective and succeeded in the latter. For both those reasons, the welfare state of the great society should be abolished as soon as possible. Is he right, Judson Phillips? Is he right? Of course he is. But how do you do that? How do you, I mean, it's easier said than done. Do you just stop it? Well, we'll get into it as soon as we take our break, Um, and we're going to do that right now. And we'll be back with the Dr. C. Robert Jones Situation Report with me, your host. And uh, stay with me. We'll be right back. Southern Sense. Good afternoon, and welcome to another exciting episode of Southern Sense here on Blog Talk Radio. I'm the hostess with the most, just the radio chick, Annie, along with the coolest co-host, Cool Mike. Good afternoon, Cool Mike. Good afternoon, Annie. Thank you for that beautiful introduction. As always, Southern Sense with the radio chick, Annie, as you just heard. Tuesdays and Fridays at 2 p.m. Eastern Time. Live and direct with GT Rocks. Yo, yo. Ah. Yo, yo. What's going on, my peoples? What's going on, my peeps? 
Chiski loves his peeps, he loves his radio family, and you can join him Monday and Wednesday at 9 p.m. Eastern and Saturdays at 4. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Conservative Primetime. I'm your host, GGT. Speaking of a little less bark and a little more bite, Conservative Primetime is not a show to relax to. It'll get you going weeknights at 11.30 p.m. Eastern Time. And of course, the headmaster himself, the situation report, In the interest of full disclosure, I have had just a little bit to drink. <laughs> and catch the situation report weeknights at 8 p.m. Eastern Time. This is a group of patriotic internet radio hosts, and they would very much like you to join them. And brush your teeth. I mean, tell your friends. And now I'd like to introduce Mr. Lawrence Garfield. Mr. Garfield, please, let's show a little courtesy, ladies and gentlemen. Mr. Garfield is the president and the chairman of the board of Garfield Investments. Mr. Garfield. Amen. And amen. And amen. You have to forgive me, I'm not familiar with the local custom. Where I come from, you always say amen after you hear a prayer. Because that's what you just heard. A prayer. Where I come from, that particular prayer is called the prayer for the dead. You just heard the prayer for the dead, my fellow stockholders, and you didn't say amen. <laughs> this company is dead. I didn't kill it. Don't blame me. It was dead when I got here. It's too late for prayers. For even if the prayers were answered, and a miracle occurred, and the yen did this, and the dollar did that, and the infrastructure did the other thing, we would still be dead. You know why? Fiber optics. New technologies. Obsolescence. We're dead, all right. We're just not broke. And do you know the surest way to go broke? Keep getting an increasing share of a shrinking market. Down the tubes. Slow but sure. You know, at one time there must have been dozens of companies making buggy whips. And I'll bet the last company around was the one that made the best goddamn buggy whip you ever saw. Now, how would you have liked to have been a stockholder in that company? You invested in a business, and this business is dead. Let's have the intelligence, let's have the decency to sign the death certificate, collect the insurance, and invest in something with a future. Ah, but we can't, goes the prayer. We can't, because we have a responsibility. A responsibility to our employees, to our community. What will happen to them? I got two words for that. Who cares? Care about them? Why? They didn't care about you. 
they sucked you dry. You have no responsibility to them. For the last 10 years, this company bled your money. Did this community ever say, we know times are tough. We'll lower taxes, reduce water and sewer. Check it out. You're paying twice what you did 10 years ago. And our devoted employees, who have taken no increases for the past three years, are still making twice what they made 10 years ago. And our stock, one-sixth what it was 10 years ago. Who cares? I'll tell you. Me. I'm not your best friend. I'm your only friend. I don't make anything. I'm making you money. Unless we forget that's the only reason any of you became stockholders in the first place. You want to make money. You don't care if they manufacture wire and cable, fried chicken, or grow tangerines. You want to make money. I'm the only friend you've got. I'm making you money. Take the money. Invest it somewhere else. Maybe, maybe you'll get lucky and it'll be used productively. And if it is, you'll create new jobs and provide a service for the economy. And God forbid, even make a few bucks for yourselves. <laughs> and if anybody asks, tell them you gave it the plant. And by the way, it pleases me that I'm called Larry the Liquidator. You know why, fellow stockholders? Because at my funeral, you'll leave with a smile on your face and a few bucks in your pocket. Now that's a funeral worth having. Welcome back to the Dr. C. Robert Jones Situation Report with me, your host, Dr. C. Robert Jones. I should preface that clip. That is a clip from uh, Danny DeVito from um, the uh, movie Other People's Money, where he is Larry the Liquidator. He's going to a town in Pennsylvania, I believe, and he is going to liquidate that company because the company is no longer profitable, and he wants to um, – liquidate the company, sell it off piece by piece so that he could make something out of virtually nothing. The company is going under anyway. But the owner of the company and many of the stockholders want to keep the plant going for as long as they can because they worry that the employees will – well, they'll be out of jobs. But the employees are going to be out of jobs anyway because the company is going under. But somehow – there's a prayer by the owner of the company, the chairman, to try to keep the company open. They don't want the greedy bankers and Wall Street folks to come in and, 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 and fire everybody. Well, somehow it simply doesn't work that way. It just doesn't. And we do not live in a communist state. We do not live in a communist socialist country where the government controls what we do, how we do, and what we do. But we're getting there. What do you think? There's a website that you go to online. You type in all of your personal information and that of your spouse and your children. And you put it all in the hands of the United States government so that they can facilitate facilitate the, distrib the, the, distribu the distribution of your health care needs. The United States government, the same government who runs a horrific VA, Veterans Affairs Hospital System, the VA hospitals, who runs Amtrak, which has not made a profit since the government began running it. Not at all. The same government who runs the United States Post Office, 
into the damn ground. Billions of dollars in the red. The DMV. All of these are government, state, government agencies. And we loathe dealing with these people. Even going to the post office to take a package in, to have it sent to dear sweet granny for her birthday, is met with antagonism. Uh, 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 I can't. There's words that I can't even use when you stand there in front of a person who is taking your package. It's getting a little bit better. If you're if you're in a really nice neighborhood where you have a really nice post office, they're like, really, you know, be nice to these folks. They're, they're rich folks. You got to be nice to rich folks. Otherwise, they'll complain. But otherwise, this is what the government runs. So you're sitting in front of a computer, and you're typing in all this information, and the government is supposed to facilitate you getting your health care needs squared away. And it's been a mess. It's been a horrific mess. But many of you out there voted for this clown and for Congress, the Congress who has put this law into effect. And you're putting your health needs and that of your family in their hands. And when I last read a story about Amtrak, they were selling cheeseburgers for $12. $12 for a cheeseburger with fries. The problem is the price is high. We know that. But the, the issue is the hamburger cost Amtrak dollars. You don't believe me? Go to a, go to the website and read it yourself. I'll get the I'll get the link for you on you know, next next show. Sixteen dollars they pay for the head, for the for the for the for, for the hamburger and the fixing is and all that, and they only charge you twelve for it. This is a government operation. And remember, not so long ago, well, back when I was a young man, back in the eighties, early to mid eighties. We had a government procurement scandals where hammers were costing $700 and $300 for toilet seats. That hasn't changed. I just read you the Obama phone story. It's not going to change. So why put your, hand, your life in the hands of the United States government when it comes to your health care? Why would you do that? And this is just the tip of the iceberg. The government is attempting to regulate what you eat, how much you eat, whether you can smoke, whether you can't, whether you can have an well, – they're, they're attempting to force nuns to take contraceptives. The Obama administ administration is attempting to force nuns contraceptives or – have it part of their health care package. Nuns. Last I checked, nuns aren't having sex. Maybe some are, but I don't know about it, and I don't want to know. I'm covering my eyes. I don't want to know. But come on. This is the United States government. You don't want them in your business. I worked for them for 31 years. The only thing they do well is the United States military, and they're screwing that up now. Come on. Let's keep it real. This is a mess. We will, quote, we will keep this promise to the American people. If you like your doctor, you will be able to keep your doctor, period. If you like your health care plan, you will be able to keep your health care plan, period, end quote. Barack Obama, June 15, 2009, with variants repeated many times since that time. I'm not rehashing this health care debacle for you tonight. 
I'm simply giving you an idea that there is more of this to come. Today, any American who isn't willfully blind knows this promise is a very big lie. A lie which was deliberately told by fundamentally dishonest pushers of Obamacare. Because if the truth were widely known at that time, the Affordable Care Act would never have become law. And my point here is there is more to come. More to come. Thank you, the exceptional conservative. What a guy. Put in the Amtrak Amtrak USA Today link, the food and beverage losses. It's all real. And what you, you say, what's your point, Doc? My point is, do not trust the United States government with anything. It is run by individuals who are there to serve their own self-interest, not yours. They're there to get reelected. I suspect that there are a few of them out there who want to do some good. They want to get some good done. But it's a massive ego trip. It's a massive ego trip. The perks are astronomical, even for congressmen. Senators, cabinet members, all of them. These people are not your friends. They are not there to serve your best interest. When the president of the United States of America, this president, says he wants to ensure that all Americans get the health care they deserve. Well, didn't this all start out with insuring those who didn't have insurance? Okay, I have insurance. Why are you screwing around with mine? Oh, you think that my health care plan is substandard. So you've decided for me that my health care plan is substandard. You, Barack Hussein Obama, Nancy Pelosi, and your buddies have decided for me that my health care plan is substandard and it's your job. To fix that for me when I didn't ask you to do it. What else are you going to fix for me, Nancy? Are you going to decide for me that my car isn't sufficient? That it doesn't get sufficient gas mileage? And you're going to help me get my car squared away by taking my car or outlawing my car and giving me an electric vehicle? Or a vehicle like a a Passat or one of those vehicles that get 50 miles to the gallon. Because you've decided for me that what I have isn't good enough for me. So then maybe we'll get down the road and you'll see me eating at at Giordano's on the north side of Chicago. On Sheridan Road. Sheridan and Greenleaf. I'm eating at Giordano's. I'm having a nice pizza. Deep dish. Looks like a damn cake. A a three-layer cake. That's what kind of pizza I'm talking about. But you've decided that that pizza isn't good enough for me. Because it's got too much cheese. It's got too many ingredients in there that could... It could cause my health to to fail, maybe. So you're going to take that pizza from me and give me a veggie pizza. And you're going to make it law so that I can't eat my other pizza, that i got to eat the pizza that you want me to eat. It's a slippery slope, folks. It sounds absurd, but I'm doing like my man Rush Limbaugh, demonstrating absurdity by being absurd. It's absurd. What's happening to us is absurd. And we're letting it happen. Don't let it happen. 
fight against Obamacare. Get these guys out of office this coming November. They got to go. All of them. They got to go. Everybody who voted for Obamacare has to go. Not a single Republican voted for it. But those who haven't done anything, who said they were going to do something and haven't, give lips over it, they got to go too. This has to stop. We have to nip this in the bud right here and right now this year. Otherwise, what we set is a president. And the president is that the government can decide for us what's good for us and what isn't. And when they start deciding these things, there's no stopping them. You've seen Bloomberg decide, uh, attempt to decide how much soda we can drink at any one sitting. What the hell is that all about? This used to be the United States of a damn America, where if I wanted to drink a 20-liter bottle of Coke, then damn it, I could. If I wanted to eat a dozen hamburgers and hot dogs, I could do that. It's happening very slowly, folks. It's happening very slowly. And I've given the analogy many times in my blog talk radio shows in the past where I talk about the frog in the pot of cool water, where you put the frog, big, slimy, ugly frog, in the pot of cool water, put him on the stove, turn the heat up just a little bit, just a little bit more, a little bit more. Frog's just chilling. He's swimming around in the pot, wondering how he got into the pot and perhaps how he might get out. But he's not getting out. Because before the frog knows it, he's tits up and taking on water. He's done. Because he was just swimming around. And the water just got a little warmer and a little warmer. A little warmer. Next thing you know, the frog's dead. That's what's happening to us over the last 50 years, starting with the Great Society. Little by little by little by little, our freedoms are eroding. They are being eroded. They're being taken away little by little, and we're not really realizing it because we're like the frog in the pot of water. Next thing you know, there's tyranny. Tyranny will abound, but what's going to happen, folks, is this. Given that we are a country hardwired for freedom and rebellion and individualism, what's eventually going to happen is there's going to be an uprising, and we're going to have yet another civil war in America's are going to go to war with Americans, and I mean real war, not the political wars where you have Democrats versus Republicans, liberals versus conservatives, and we shout at each other from one side of the room to the other, or we go to the polls and we vote one way or the other. Then No, we're going to move past that because that's where we're headed. In my opinion, that is where we're headed for a, another civil war. What do you think about that? Did anybody listen to uh, 2020 Radio Network, G-Ski, G-Ski's show last night? Wasn't it great? That guy has one fantastic show. He's calling it something else now, but uh, if, you, if, you, if you go to Blog Talk uh, Radio or you type in 2020 Radio, uh, Google it, he, he, listen to his show. It is amazing. It is one great show. We're going to take a short break, and it's just about time where we we once again play what we played during the midterms, but the, the last midterm election, see you in November, which was ex- extremely appropriate because everything in the song happened the way it was supposed to happen in real life. But we've got a, another midterm coming up this November. So we've dug out, we've gone through the vault, and we've dug out our See You in November parody uh, by uh, Paul Shanklin. Um, um, 
Rush Limbaugh's uh, parody guy. And uh, we're going to go ahead and play for you, and we'll come right back. You're listening to the Dr. C. Robert Jones Situation Report. While you're awake, don't forget the right. We'll think of you every day and night. Bye-bye, so long, farewell. Best of the week, and it's a new year. When it comes to horse-drawn carriages in New York City, the new Democratic mayor, Bill de Blasio, says... We are going to get rid of the horse carriages, period. Sworn into office by Bill Clinton this week, de Blasio aims to replace the horse-drawn carriages that have historically pulled visitors through Central Park with retro-looking electric cars. That'll attract visitors, an electric car ride in New York. With the start of the new year, Obamacare kicks in, except the parts that don't. Add to the list the hitch the Supreme Court has thrown into the health care law by blocking a requirement that some religion-affiliated organizations provide health insurance that includes birth control. Justice Sonia Sotomayor late Tuesday night decided to block implementation of the contraceptive coverage requirement that follows multiple federal court filings by Catholic-affiliated groups from around the nation. In related news, if you campaign for the repeal of Obamacare, you may have an illness, according to Dr. Charles Rangel. To repeal a law that has been passed by the House, the Senate, and, 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 and declared constitutional by the courts, and they campaign on the issue that it should be repealed, you know, this is past civics 101. This is illness. The congressman from New York didn't say anything about the pandemics of the past, those who campaigned on repealing prohibition or slavery, but Rangel really should know his history. He's been a sitting congressman every single day of my life and more. And now he's announced he's seeking a 23rd term, but he admits in that time things have changed. There's something going on in this country that I don't understand, and that's the Tea Party. And at the end of 2013, the United States has once again topped another poll. 
The surveys of opinions across 65 countries by pollster Wind Gallup International on the country that is seen as representing the greatest threat to peace today is the United States. Most of us know that host link to MSNBC didn't have a great 2013 with Alec Baldwin and Martin Bashir departing over comments that they made. And in the days before the year came to an end, Melissa Harris-Perry at her moment. Everybody loves a baby picture, and this was one that really a lot of people had emotions about this baby picture this year. This is the oh. Romney family, right? Um, and if, and of course, there on, um, on uh, Governor Romney's knee is his adopted grandson, mm-hmm. who is an African American adopted African American child, Kieran Romney, and he captions for this one. One of these things. <laughs> <laughs> She has since apologized, but the controversy is continuing in 2014. Have a great year, everyone. Check out these stories tomorrow on cnsnews.com. And as we go, we're going to take a look at a video we posted this week, one of the best versions of the Star Spangled Banner you've ever seen. All right. Welcome back to the Dr. C. Robert Jones Situation Report. Interesting. So much going on here. May you live in interesting times. That is what we're living in right now. Interesting times. The United States of America is teetering on the brink of catastrophe. 16, 17 trillion dollars in debt. A healthcare system that is far worse off than it was before Obama took office. It's a mess. I don't even know if I'm insured. Do you? Still? Social engineering, wealth redistribution. Obama came into office to unite the country. He said he was going to unite the country. Folks believed in hope and change, which are not actually tangible. But feelings, I suppose, hope is a feeling, I suppose, and change is not always a good thing. I have changed from the 25-year-old to the 50-year-old, and not all of it has been good. Change is not always good. Hope? I hope that I wake up tomorrow. What does that mean? Okay. All right. The show's almost over, so we got to go. I want to thank everybody for listening tonight. There's so many places that you could be right now, so many things you could be doing, and you've taken the time to listen to my show. Thank you so much. I am approaching the half million listener mark over the last uh, two, almost two years I've been hosting my show, and I really thank you so much for that. I want to say God bless you, and God bless the United States of America. Could we, could we start again? I don't know. I hope so. I can tell you this right now. I can't find my could we start again clip <laughs> from the movie. From the movie, um, Jesus Christ Superstar. Good night, folks. What do I do now? Could start again, please? I've been very hopeful so far. Now, for the first time, I think we're going wrong. Hurry up and tell me this is just a dream. I think you've made your point now You've even gone a bit too far to get the message home Before it gets too frightening, we ought to call a halt 
You've made 